What's up, you rebel-minded freaks? This is where we question everything and provoke the normality of the world, all in an effort to face ourselves and become better humans. That's what it takes to be rebel-minded. You in? Let's do this. Welcome. So many welcomes. So many welcomes to all of you. Um, I am recording this on Christmas Day evening, night. It's fairly late. Fairly late. And it's almost to the point where it seems like the world, at least from my perspective, just seems quiet tonight. It seems still. And maybe, maybe it's my soul that's still more than anything else. And maybe I've amplified that to my reality of what I think of what's going on out there. But nonetheless, I think that stillness is important for me today in order to listen to my own introspection. I think today is an important day, a key day, maybe because of the experiences that I've had around me this week, uh, my my goals, whatever it is, but welcome all of you to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I am your host, Zach. I am the power lifter, the provocateur, though so many things that I claim to be. But I like to claim myself as something. I think titles give us power behind what we believe we are. So I don't think it's I don't think it's bad to have them. And I think if you practice under those titles, there's no reason that title should should be stripped away from you. I think you're allowed. You have the right to title yourself such as. But I think the good thing about tonight is I kind of came across something again that made sense to me after weeding through so many things. And I've always wondered why I constantly have an unrest or why I have large periods of unrest and not being able to see why it's there. And of all these things wrapped around me knowing what I want to be and practicing what I want to be and taking action towards what I want to be. It seems like my unrest mostly comes from not so much the fact that I'm not where I expected myself to be at this point. Not so much from not being fast enough, not being influential enough, but more because of the stalling. Because of the periods of time that there is no movement. The fact that my body has aged, that my experiences have gathered, and that I'm holding my mind back from keeping consistent. I'm keeping my mind from holding that same status, if that makes sense. And it was just a small piece that made sense to me that 
my mind is lagging, but only because of my fear. My fear of many things. Because what I want is something I constantly ask myself to do. Something I constantly self ask myself to, to act on. And I've always wondered why. I think we always wonder, all of us wonder why. You know, we, we, we have to find our own path towards what it takes to overcome our fear of what we want to become. Facing the things that keep us from that. So as fear is the thing that tends to hold us in place and keeps our lives from becoming what we want them to be, what we desire for them to be, what we desperately, passionately want them to be, I think it's time that we dig in and ask why it is that we have such a struggle with it. Let's go. Episode 42, Our Hidden Selves, Stoicism, and the Truth About Death. Sometimes I don't get my ideal writing environment. It's amazing how much that changes the vibe on my writing and my expression. As I lay out this episode, it's Christmas night. My anxiety is in my throat and it has been all day. My thoughts are racing around so many things that have happened as well as what I wish to happen. And they're not all bad. There's great things that have happened within the last few days. Things that have opened my mind, things that have eased my mind, things that have made me happy. And for some reason, I feel like this night is important, which is great for the night before the publishing of this episode. But I don't know why exactly. It's gut. It's intuition. It's not as if I'm going to wake up tomorrow and will have clarity on life or necessarily have a purified soul or that 500-pound deadlift total that I really want, but it will all come in time. To lay it out... I'm in my bed, typing away on my glitchy Dell laptop, my half-asleep, always-content 11-year-old canine buddy to my left, my desk lamp keeping a dim outline of my podcast mic, my warm wooded ukulele, and the ever-present Chaos Creed banner with that conscious reminder of the oath. I've tried my best to keep my work separate from my home, and that's on purpose, so that I can clearly and cleanly step into each world without having to consciously separate the attitude it takes for either one of these. But on a holiday night, my options are a little limited. The coffee shops are shut down, as they should be. So I get to, right now, in this moment, decide that I can still create, even without my quote-unquote perfect environment. And here we are. We all live in a world all our own. We surround ourselves with what we love, with the people that love us, with the things that make us feel alive, and ultimately part of this world as a whole. We have this tiny space within our own mind and reflect that onto everything outside of us. It's how we affect the world as the person that we are. It's how we change it. It's how we make it better or even destroy it and ourselves. What I have yet to figure out, though, is how to control the way that I affect the world. How do I live in the way that makes sense to me? I know how I want my heart to feel. 
I've done the work to dig down deep enough and find that thing. I know the way that I want to be seen. I know the good I want to do for people that need me. I know the knowledge I want to build. I know what I want my life to truly, to truly, truly look like. So why? Why is it not that way? Why is it so hard to make these things come to life? What keeps me from everything that I've created in my mind? I've literally written down these things on my whiteboard. It sits behind me right now. It's everything I've decided that I want to be, everything I aspire to be. There is a version of us that purely is the best, most amazing thing this world could ever lay its eyes upon. There is a version of you that has just been waiting to be expressed. It's the dancer, it's the comedian, the lover, the philanthropist, the therapist, the creator, the athlete. It is us at our greatest. We only have to dig it from the grave in which we prematurely buried that motherfucker. In that hole is our strongest heart, our truest soul, and a version of us that is nothing but pure love and positive influence. And I have to believe that. I have to believe that because it's something that has pulled me forward into every day of my future. But I didn't know what it was. I didn't always know what it was. And within so many of us, I don't think we do know what it is. But it's the faith that keeps us going. It's the light at the end of every dark tunnel we enter throughout our lives. Sometimes it may be the only thing we have. I've kept interest in something that I've never been able to detach from. Stoicism. It's so intriguing to me. Not because it's the answer for all things or the quote-unquote success or for the key to living your best life, but as proof of action against the difficulties that we face every day. And I don't want anyone to think that I want to convince them of stoicism, only to open up to the idea of it. And why? Because I think that the answers that await us lie behind discovery. All of us find our best selves behind amazingly different things. All of us. Not one thing. Not one singular thing can we all attach to and find our best selves. Once I found for myself that I could control my own life, that I could become whatever I wanted to be, I went out searching for the answers. All the right things that I needed to do in order to become my own success. <laughs> Fuck. It was like chasing a snipe in the dark, in a forest full of ear-deafening voices and distractions. But there is no one answer. There are infinite ones. And only one true unique way for all of us. We are so closely related so farly unique. The needle definitely exists. The question is, are you resilient enough to keep searching the haystack for it? So let's dive into this stoic idea, shall we? Most people without the knowledge seem to think that stoicism in itself is emotionless, that it's about being logical, that you have to not feel, which I get. The surface level, it does very much seem that way. It sounds super bland and gray and inhuman, so of course we would repel against it. 
We can all agree that emotion is human, right? That its point is to prove that we are living human experience, that we are able to love and able to break, that we are able to find joy and be present as well as feel loss and learn our lessons. But stoicism isn't as straight-faced as you may think. It's actually not emotionless. It's acceptance. It's the response to life rather than the reaction. It's wisdom before impulse. It's guidance towards action that will change our trajectory for the better. It is what will give us a lively life rather than just a lived life. Seneca in the book How to Die said in one of his letters, Just as with storytelling, so with life. It's important how well it's done, not how long. Seneca also said in that same chapter, You poor man, you are a slave to people, to things, to life. For a life lived without the courage to die is slavery. I came across my own discovery of self a long, long time ago. In my late 20s, I found that my biggest fear was death. Not imminent death, but the distant death that holds your truth. The one that will tell you everything that has been. The one that you have to die with. And for whatever universal power that controls our being in the end of life, we have truth stare us right in the face about what we have or haven't been in our years previous. I am legitimately in fear of leaving this world. Not because of what may or may not come after, but because of my very real belief that I may be selling myself short. I may be living in a way that isn't true to me, that I will not have set myself free from the constraint of social construct and fear of being exiled by the very people I fucking love. And the theory of stoicism has continued to challenge me in what is far more important than my fear of exile. To live a life without actually living it. Not noticed by my financial success or my status, but by the level of expression I've given to the world. Have I loved harder than most? Have I given enough of myself to others that needed it? Have I become my truthfully honest best? Or did I stand by and remain stale because of my fear of what others may do to me if they knew my truths? If they knew my desires? If they knew what I actually wanted to act on and what I wanted to be? Have I let people's expectations of me guide me in the wrong direction for the sake of being embraced? Have I ignored my own soul's requests? If my greatest goals are to find true, challenging, committed love to a person, and to also fulfill my life's passion of being a leader of truth and a protector and guidance system to the lost souls who have yet to find their own way, then will I do my best every day to fulfill those goals? And I have to believe that I will. Seneca in his second chapter says, The mind will never strive for virtue if it thinks death is an evil thing. It will, though, if it considers death an indifferent. Before this, he writes, Death is among those things that are not bad, but nevertheless have an outward appearance of badness. For the love of one's own self and the desire to maintain and preserve oneself are deeply rooted, along with an aversion to annihilation. So, Basically, what I think it is that he is describing is our fear of death. And in our fear of death, 
our inability to truly live, which I think has become a conditioning of for thousands of years now, being the unchallenged predator of the earth today. Even though our biology still gives us the ability to fear life by fighting for it or for fleeing for it, or maybe even more relevant to modern day, fear of being exiled from our tribe, has caused us to attach this fear to things that don't necessarily cause death, or even anything close to it. We are fearing our lives, and we are living life without being our greatest because of it. Insert lessons of stoicism here. In the basics, I think we all see that action is the way to live. It's in our best interest to fight fear, to push through our impulsive reaction to hold back in order to feel the success of actually taking that action. Now, I do love me some philosophy and stoicism. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But that doesn't mean I've been the best example of it. After all, we are all human, right? But as humans, that means we face the same fear. Not the same experiences or the challenges, but the same fear. To be our best, we all have to face it. And to summarize one of the most recognizable Stoics in history, I think he meant to make the fact known that death is not to be feared, but to be acknowledged. That to fear life is destructive of life itself because of that fear. And that it will take a well-practiced and conditioned mind to see reality in its truest form in order to live a life full rather than actually die on the way to your grave. So, to me, because of our action, because of our practice and meditation on the challenge we face, we will in return experience the life that we've asked for. That part of that process and possibly one of the greatest side effects is feeling the joy that we so long for and the love and the inclusion that we not only want but need in order to have healthy minds. To see the greatness on the other side of our action is just a byproduct of seeing through our fears and minimizing their hold on us. And as I read his writings, I see a man that not only clearly expresses the importance he sees in Stoicism, but a man that embraces death itself in life. A man that took death for what it is, a part of our process as much as life is itself, and to live greatly is done by knowing death intimately. To know how to face it when it shows its darkness in the end. To be ready for it when it comes to you. So if we could accept that death is coming, if we could truly think daily of death in a manner that accepts it, could we live more lively? Could we become everything that we've ever desired? Could we live life in a way that in the end we know we couldn't have done any better by ourselves or by others? Could we, could we die without fear? And I think that is the ultimate question. My fear remains, maybe more than just for death itself, but of being of the living dead. Our minds are our greatest limitations, but they are also dream makers and are constantly giving us clues to what our life could be if we could only listen. And the click, I think, lies in seeing that these clues are not shoulds as much as they are musts. So what will you do today to act on your musts? You are your greatest enemy, but you could be your greatest ally. I love you, my friends. Let's open our souls and act. Stay rebel-minded. Out.
Oh, and if you're curious on the writings of Seneca, this book is again called How to Die, which was edited, translated, and introduced by James S. Rom. Don't let the title scare you. The letters and speeches in the book are phenomenal and so thought-provoking and intriguing. Remember, question everything. Love you. All right, guys. If you're here, then you have some sort of connection or curiosity of what goes on. So from the bottom of my little hamster heart, thank you. Even through a mic, that's what we call connection. And my life always gets better and more clear with all the souls that I get to connect with. If you like what you're hearing, or you want to share your story with me and the podcast, which I would absolutely love, write in. Send me an email or send me a text. You can contact me through IG as Creed Soldier or email me at Zachary at ChaosCreed.com. That's Z-A-C-K-A-R-Y at K-H-A-O-S-K-R-E-E-D.com. And of course, if you're up to the challenge and curious about really speeding up your self-development and your potential and getting committed to bettering yourself, send me a notification with Getting Rebel-Minded in the title, even if all you need is that confidential space to talk, I'm here to give that to you. Share, like, and follow the podcast if it means something to you. Then you'll know when every new episode and interview has been published. I've always got more good things coming.